Welcome to this week in Jacksonville Business Edition on Kent Justice, our podcast in general. We focus on economic development of the River City and throughout our region. Today, we're looking at what's happening at Jacksport and the incredible impact it has. So our guests are Jacksport's Chief Commercial Officer, Robert Peak, John Freeman from Jacks USA, and Paul Crawford with us from the city of Jacksonville. And so, uh, Robert, just because you're on my right side, I'm going to have you start here. So talk about what is the, if we look at it broadly, what's the economic impact of the Port of Jacksonville? Sure, well, there's a couple of ways we measure that. So one way is just the sheer number of jobs. So we had an economist come in a few years ago and we asked him, you know, how many jobs really are what we call port dependent? And that, that number was 26,000 jobs in Northeast Florida. And that is if the port disappeared tomorrow, those 26,000 wow. jobs are probably disappearing. Yeah. There's a, and there's another measure too that we use in that we, we count and, and capture the data behind all the companies that do business at the port of Jacksonville. If they have an office in Jacksonville and they're shipping through our port or they're a trucking company or they're a warehouse company, and there's over 900 companies now in Northeast Florida that have offices in Jacksonville that do business at the port. So that's where a lot of those jobs come from. Yeah, and so uh, clearly, uh, Chief Commercial Officer with Jacksport. Uh, John, Jacks USA, maybe give a brief description of what that is, and then Paul will hear about uh, certainly the city of Jacksonville has a uh, big vested interest in what happens with the port. Uh, uh, thanks, Kent. A, the uh, Jacks USA Partnership is a division of the Jacksonville Chamber of Commerce. We're a seven-county regional economic development uh, uh, organization uh, whose, uh, whose members include Nassau County all the way down to Flagler County, west to Baker County, and including, inclusive of all the counties therein. And uh, we basically are engaged in recruitment activities uh, as well as uh, assisting companies here on the landscape in expanding and growing and uh, have some other initiatives as it relates to talent development and uh, uh, items like that that are very important to fuel the growth that we've been seeing on our landscape. Okay, all right. Uh, we're coming back to obviously some of the ideas for both of you, but uh, Paul, City of Jacksonville, how are you connected to what we're talking to today about today and uh, specifically Jacksport? So we're the regulatory agency that helps all these companies get to the point where they open their doors. Uh, we do permitting uh, and help them permit their their projects. Uh, we we offer incentives if there's a competition with another municipality or state. We'll go ahead and offer incentives to the company to entice them to Jacksonville. Um, but for those incentives, they would go somewhere else. Um, so we we organize uh, and uh, track the legislation uh, through the city council and through the mayor's office with regards to to making sure those incentives happen and that business locates in Jacksonville. So today is the first time I get to meet each of you individually and then together that we get to talk, but you take me away from the table. I would imagine you know each other from the different uh, sides that you're coming at uh, to try and see the growth happen because of the port. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. In fact, John and I have known each other for, for decades, literally, <laughs> um, but we've worked together for probably well over 20 years. And what will happen is you'll have a company, for example, and that company could be located anywhere, not only in the United States, but anywhere in the world. And it might be looking to locate a facility. It could be a manufacturing plant or distribution center, something of the, of the like, somewhere in the southeastern United States. And that's a competitive process. And we would like to see that company locate here because they create a lot of jobs and, and tax, uh, tax base and economic impact for our community. And so they might come and say, well, we need a, we need a community that has a port. Well, we have one. And then John will either plug us in, we'll plug him in depending on who they call first. And there's a whole network of 
of, of organizations and, and elements that go into a company selecting a specific location, but often a port is a, is a key component of it. Yeah, so I, I didn't know, my, I was in uh, Columbus, Ohio before I moved here. I, I don't know, we didn't talk much about a port of uh, Columbus and it was at the airport. Um, but getting to know a little bit about the, the dynamics of our region and how important the port is and how competitive, boy, it catches my eye when I hear uh, Savannah say, hey, we got, uh, obviously there are other ports in the state of Florida. Sure. Um, when it comes to what Jack's USA Partnership does and encouraging businesses, hey, look here, I've got to imagine you're, you're well-versed in here are the advantages of being with Jack's port. Yeah, and we were just uh, visiting earlier on this, actually, this very uh, subject, and that is that uh, I, if you go back 20 years ago, I think that we spent most of our time educating companies uh, where Jacksonville was. <laughs> and now uh, with the, uh, the new norms of the, the consumer expectation of fast delivery of goods, overnight services, those rings have shortened, those supply chains have shortened to serve those uh, ex expedited uh, shipments of goods to, to our homes and to stores. And so um, we, are, we are seeing now companies uh, aware of these logistics attributes that we have here, whether it's the port, whether it's the confluence of uh, three interstate highways, two major rail, three major railroads here in Jacksonville, that, that nexus where they can serve all of the population of Florida in a same-day trucking scenario or an additional 70 million consumers to the north and to the west of us uh, in that same-day uh, trucking, uh, trucking uh, event. Well, it, it, that, was, that was new information to me uh, when I got here on just how close Jacksonville is to so many different parts of the country because of where it's positioned at this northeast uh, part of Florida and because 95 and 10 and, and everything is, is kind of right here where you can uh, disperse from there. So from a logistics standpoint, I guess that, that makes some sense. Um, one so, of the things I wanted to talk about, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Kent, um, something that he didn't point out is, and this is sort of trivial, uh, but we're directly south of Cleveland, Ohio. So that's pretty far west yeah. if you start right. thinking about it. And we're the westernmost port on the east coast. So if you start to take into consideration the logistics opportunities that John just mentioned, that gives us a real, a real leg up in, in recruiting companies to Jacksonville because we've got a great location. How about that? So uh, I know just in the last few years there was talk about, hey, we needed to deepen the harbor and we're going to be dredging. Has there been an impact that you've seen already from that opening up uh, larger container vessels, any of those sorts of things? Absolutely. So the, the, the harbor was deep in a little over a year ago, and almost immediately the, one of the largest uh, ships that come into the port, really they, carried, they had the capacity to carry maybe 10,000 containers at the time. Well, now uh, those same vessels have been upsized to carry around 14,000 containers at a time, which is about a 40% increase. And in terms of actual volume for us, those ships are carrying somewhere between 15 and 25% more volume week in and week out on those ships than they were prior to the harbor deepening. And that's just the beginning, you know, in terms of, in terms of ships upsizing. So what we saw was a lot of these shipping lines, the trend in shipbuilding is to build bigger and bigger ships and sail them larger and larger. 
And if you did not deepen the harbor, if your port is very shallow, you not only risk missing out on the new business, but you risk the existing business just going away and going to ports that had deepened their shipping channels. Yeah, and that was, I was starting to say a moment ago, Paul, that, that uh, I know there's a, a national and even international uh, companies that would be looking uh, around what's the sales pitch? You just gave me some of it, right? The, the, the logistics component of, of where we are. Where well, I we think are. I think now the Jacksport is in a in a fabulous position of uh, uh, being at the center of these transportation attributes that we mentioned a moment ago, uh, and and uh, this uh, post Panamax harbor depth and the ability to accommodate deeper draft vessels into the port allows for us to have more connectivity to other points of origin and destination points uh, over the globe, around the globe. Uh, and that then attracts business and industry who ha may have a supply chain. They want to establish manufacturing in the United States, but, but also re retain a supply chain from the country of their origin to feed these factories to manufacture and distribute uh, their products. Uh, out of the south, so that is a, a fabulous, fabulous resource for us to have uh, on on the landscape here. Just a reminder: who we're talking with today, you're just hearing from John Freeman from Jacks USA, Paul Crawford from the City of Jacksonville here, and the Jacksport Chief Commercial Officer Robert Peak is with us. So, um, some of these port users are investing, right? I mean, tens and hundreds of millions of dollars in facilities all over Jacksonville. Then they're hiring local workers. That that has to be a, a, a big impact as well. It is. In fact, that's really the model. So companies will come in. They literally will invest. Some invest, to your point, directly on the port property. So it's, it's public property that's owned by the port authority. But those companies collectively are investing several hundred million dollars into that property to in new cranes, new warehouse space, new pavement uh, to increase the density of that pavement so you can carry more boxes in the same footprint. And then there are companies that are coming and investing what we call outside of our gates. They're investing in particularly warehousing, import distribution centers, manufacturing facilities. And they're investing at times tens of millions of dollars or even over $100 million per, per facility. And then they're using the port, to John's point, to import raw materials or components to do manufacturing or exporting finished product. And that's really why we want to have things like a deeper shipping channel, to have the capability to attract those companies, some that come from all over the world, that will come and invest in Northeast Florida and they hire local workers. They create a local workforce and again, they pay taxes, they invest in our community. And that's really why we, why we do what we do at the port is to create the capability for these companies to come invest and create economic impact for Northeast Florida. Yeah. What are conversations like at City Hall uh, concerning what we just discussed there and these companies that are investing on port property or outside and, and warehousing and all of that? So the way we look at things is we look at it through a return on investment. Um, if you look at it strictly by the numbers, we get tax dollars coming in to offset the rest of the taxes that you and I pay as homeowners. Um, so these big businesses coming in investing hundreds of millions of dollars can go ahead and turn around and uh, provide the tax base the flexibility to not only keep our taxes at an even keel, but also to go ahead and build our infrastructure. Um, for instance, out at uh, Jacksport and Talleyrand, that whole interchange was done for Jacksport and Talleyrand. Although, if you've, before it was done, driving over the bridge, the Dames Point Bridge, it was a nightmare. 
but we did that with the tax base that these companies came in and created. Yeah, it, uh, it's interesting to see. I mean, most of us who don't work at the port or have that, that kind of professional background don't necessarily see what's going on behind the scenes. We say, oh, that looks like that's just what you said. It looked like a disaster. Yeah. Well, uh, really, it was uh, laying some of the foundation for the growth that we would see and, again, an impact that, that we're feeling. Uh, John, I was going to, uh, we've touched on this a little bit, but I was just going to ask you for maybe your view, the big picture view on the region's economic development initiatives and how port growth just continues. Again, I, I think that it, it continues the ports, uh, the existence of the port and the, the uh, ports around the world which, uh, which connect uh, to Jacksonville uh, are, are continuing to attract uh, industry also. And, um, you know, last year we, we had 18 announcements with, uh, uh, from companies who located here, some of those who have a supply chain and are a port user. And those, those 18 announcements invested uh, collectively $2.1 billion in invested to, to uh, create okay. operations in, in Jacksonville. And, um, and so it, it, there, there is a, a direct connection. Uh, and I, I would say that we, we work collaboratively in what we do. And, and Robert touched on this point. Um, in, in attracting a company to site here, uh, it, it requires great partnerships and collaborativeness, and we are blessed to have uh, great relationships uh, amongst all our, our stakeholders and, and partners in this, uh, in this region. If there's growth, then uh, there's more demand for workers. How are we on workforce development specific to the things that we see happening uh, through Jacksport? So, so let me take that one real yep. quickly. Um, so I think one of our greatest assets is our workforce. Uh, we have a large military presence. They're constantly uh, being discharged from the military. They're wanting their second career. Yeah. And, uh, and, and thank goodness they're saying, and I'd like to stay in Jacksonville. Well, because it's a great nearby. place to live, yeah. exactly. So they're coming in. That means they're trained, they're efficient, and they're dedicated. And those that just that pool of employees creates a great foundation for businesses uh, to to get their employees from, um, and then top that with the trickle down effect or the secondary and tertiary impacts of the port on uh, businesses, small businesses, small businesses is a, a, an emphasis of the mayor's that you know these small businesses start to spin off, and then. Those small businesses start to grow, and then now we have growth within our city that's homegrown, and we grow those with employees from around our community, and then our community grows by the population and by the tax dollars and by the investments. And I, I just add to that, um, we, uh, we have about 3,000 uh, military separatees every year who separate from their military service. And uh, uh, our understanding is about 85% of them choose to remain in the area, pursue, possibly pursue a second career. And to Paul's uh, point, they're absolutely a fabulous, fabulous resource for companies. Uh, they're very 
they're uh, they're very much in demand, mm -hmm. if you will. Are they getting the right kind of training, whether it's uh, separating from the military or it's somebody who didn't go to college or is just out of college and looking for uh, that next leg? Are, are we getting the right kind of training for the workforce? Well, I, I think that's that's a great uh, a great segue into a couple of initiatives that we have uh, uh, at Jacks USA. And uh, one of those is Earn Up, and that basically is is connecting three groups of, of job seekers uh, earn or candidates. Up, earn Up, okay. EarnUp.org. Right. Uh, uh, visit that website. Basically, uh, the quickest way to say to uh, describe that is uh, it provides people with a roadmap to a career path, and in in a variety of of industry sectors, whether it's manufacturing or transportation and logistics. Um, and that allows uh, students, uh, veterans, adult learners to go in into this website and uh, be able to uh, see what is the career path, what is the map, and what is the compass and the flashlight to get me from where I am today yeah. to aspirationally a career that I would like. And, and this, in, uh, the website includes uh, typical compensation rates, uh, for cert certain careers uh, uh, across the sectoral uh, landscape. You know, um, John, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the, that the workforce, the size of the workforce in Northeast Florida is something like over 800,000 workers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is more than some entire cities there, there right. are in the, in the U.S. South. And I know that, and, and, and Paul and John really know this very well, and that is when a company comes in and says, I'm looking to locate a facility, Either their first question or one of the first questions is, do you have the workforce to support yeah. right. you know, this, this kind of development, this kind of industry? And we're fortunate enough in that we have this quantity of workforce, and to Paul's point, the quality of workforce that we're able to say, yes, we can provide you with the workforce, that's, because that's a critical piece. And so we see that at the port, that as companies have come in, we've seen some companies, to your point, they start off small and then they've, they've grown you know, in terms, of, in terms of working at the port. And it's, they've been able to grow because they have a quality workforce in Northeast Florida they can tap into to, to grow their business. I, I definitely wanted to uh, touch on this. I know there's a new agreement with Norwegian Cruise Line. So what's the, uh, what's the impact here? And is it just a, about uh, more revenue? Is it reputation? Is it both for Jacksport? Well, it's, it's that plus, I mean, there's a direct economic impact in terms of the jobs that are required at, at the cruise terminal and all the, on all the, uh, the longshore labor for handling the luggage and all the people who actually work in the cruise industry. It's also a great um, affirmation of Jacksonville as a, as a cruise market here. You know, a lot of those cruise passengers, they're, they're tapping into our geographic location, as, you know, as Paul was talking about. If you think of how many places you can drive to Jacksonville from within just a few hours in the U.S. South. And we're, so we're known as kind of a drive-to port, you know, specifically for the, for the cruise industry. We've had Carnival Cruise Lines in Jacksonville now for 20 years. Well, now here's Norwegian that's come in and provide yet another service offering. So, yes, certainly there's, there's some revenue to the port and there's some economic impact, but there's also another opportunity directly for Jacksonville citizens who want to cruise to now have a, a second offering in, in Northeast Florida to do that. Yeah, so if I live here in Northeast Florida, now I've got this opportunity, but it sounds like there's probably those people who are coming in and, hey, maybe I'll come a day early or stay a day after the cruise and experience some of what Northeast Florida has to offer, right? And that's certainly part of it because um, the, the idea is that people can drive here, they have their car here. So, for example, Carnival's cruises, they're four and five night cruises. 
Right. Uh, Norwegian, some of those will be four and five knot cruises. Norwegian also will have a longer 11 and 12 day cruise. But if you, if you come to Florida, you, have, you take a really nice cruise out of Jacksonville for four or five nights, and then you have your car here, you can take in the local sites as well. And, and certainly that's something that we encourage in terms of those visitors to be exposed to Northeast Florida and you know, spend their dollars here. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, um, I guess that's going to wrap it up, but I've got all these other questions <laughs> that I could ask about. I just think that, that, that it's, um, I mean, it's fun for somebody who's not in the industry to learn more about, and uh, I think it's really, it should be really encouraging for everybody else to say, oh, see how they are connecting. Uh, and really appreciate that. Paul Crawford from the City of Jacksonville, John Freeman from Jack's USA Partnership, and uh, Robert Peake from Jacksport. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time. And you know, we're constantly working to bring you more interviews like this one, which are focused on economic growth in our region. So thanks for joining us for this week in Jacksonville Business Edition.